Total Wine & More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine & More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Total Wine & More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine & More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Trying to make it a little bit better for you now. Tonight we are back with the latest in sports, fashion, the best mu indie music out there. We welcome a finalist who was on MTV's Making the Band. Her name is Tyler DeMott. She has a great story. Um, she was on the show and she left because her mother was dying of cancer. So she made the decision to uh, leave the show to take care of her mother. And she... Um, is now back out with new music. She has a brand new single that we'll be listening to later on in the show. Um, and she just has a great positive story. You know, you'll definitely love the interview. Then in Hot Tops, we're talking about everything that's going on. Trump has called Congressman Elijah Cummings a racist. He's a black congressman uh, because he's over a, um, a, a, a group in the Congress that um, is after Trump. So, of course, he's doing what he does best. Then find out about um, another school, another mass shooting that was at a garlic festival in Northern California. Um, a six-year-old young kid was killed. Um, three other people were killed, and a lot of people were injured. And we're just talking about everything everyone's talking about out there. So join us. You know, the Nicole Murphy and Kissing the Married Man. We're talking about all that and Hot Topics. But we're much we're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, Instagram, and of course our official website, the Stephen Show.com. You can also check us out on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Just go to our website, the Stephen Show.com. When we come back, we're breaking down hot topics. Right back after this. Ain't no drawing here, so 
problems because I'm your girl that get them love. Get them love, get them love. Take me away from the cares of this world. No worries, no problems because I'm your girl that get them love. Get them love, get them love. Get them love. Peace world, it's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Keep it locked right here, love life. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Miss Parker, how are you feeling? Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. How was your Monday? My Monday was very productive, actually. Um, I got a lot done, but you know what I like to do? I like to set up my Monday, like the Saturday or Sunday before, so that, you know, it's, it, it makes it easier for me, you know, Monday morning. Because you already know how difficult Monday mornings are. Even though I work from home, we work from home, you know, it's just to have it all, you know, straight. How was your Monday? Yep, I think you have to kind of have a strategy for Mondays, but it was good. I don't have an issue with Mondays. Um, yeah. It was a productive day, so got through it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anything anything exciting over the weekend? Um, I did some volunteering yesterday and hung out with some friends. Um, so... Friday night and, and a little bit yesterday, we took Diane out for her birthday, but mostly volunteer all day Saturday. My nephew was in town, took him to dinner. So it was a busy weekend. That's good. That's good. Yeah, my weekend wasn't too action-packed. Um, I went out for drinks Friday. Saturday, I attempted to go to a party, but couldn't get in because it was cash only, and I wasn't out walking to the... The ATM there was broke, and then there's another one... I went in the top of that. Came home. You guys say hug out with you and Diane for her birthday lunch. She turned seventy two. Happy birthday, Diane. Um Happy yeah. birthday, Diane. Yeah. Chica, how was your weekend? My weekend was A okay. I had great. like a little mini vacation going on. I saw you at the pool. Yeah, I soaked Yeah. Uh well, I tried to cram all that in because I didn't have any water in the situation. Oh yeah. So today I made sure I threw some fun and sun in the situation. I hung That's out awesome. with, you know, family, thing one and thing two. I actually got jumped today. They beat me up. But it's all right. <laughs> all enough. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. All right. Well, our question of the day is, are you an in front of the camera or behind the scenes type person? Ms. Parker? I'm, I'm not sure. What do you? What is the question referring to? Like, are you the kind of person that likes to be seen, likes to get the attention? You're the kind of person that can do the work in the background and kind of, you know, reward yourself off of that. 
if if you're if you're speaking about work, I just like to do my work and and, and make money and go home. I don't care who gets credit for it. I don't care um, who's in the lead. Um, I'm a I'm a doer in that way. So work related, um, I would say I'm a behind the scenes type person. Okay. Shige, what about you? Uh, both. Um, I do work as 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 well behind the scenes as well as in front of the camera. Um, both, you know, do the nature of what I have to do. I have to do both. And yeah, it's a, it's a must. Yeah. yeah, I um, I definitely am in front of the camera. I believe, but also I think I can be behind as well. It just depends on what it is that I'm doing. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, tweet us at home and let us know: Are you in front of the camera, or behind the scenes type person? The reason why I came up with this question because I didn't have a question, and I was watching Wendy Williams today, and obviously she is the person. You know the face of the show, but then I saw her uh, her hype woman, and she's a hype man as well. And so when I was going to commercial, I saw them, and I'm thinking, you know, you know, it takes obviously a lot of people to get the job done to make the show work, but there's one person in front. So is that are you the kind of person that would want to be the face and you know get the accolades or the criticism, or are you the person that wants to get the work done behind the scenes? So that's why I came to the question. All right, well, hot topic. Sadly, there was another shooting in, uh, in North California at the Garlic Festival. And um, three people were killed. It was a six-year-old boy who was on one of those jumping um, play things. He was killed. His mother and his grandmother were also shot. And then a 14-year-old girl, she was killed as well. And uh, um, a 25-year-old who just graduated from college last year, he was killed. And the police were able to take down the shooter within a minute or so after he started shooting. People there said that he, um, you know, he, you know, he started shooting. And he was trying to just kill whomever. Um, there was a performer on the stage at the time, and he said, yelled on the mic, "Why are you doing this?" And the shooter allegedly said, "Because I'm mad." And so um, he had prior to going to the event, he had um, well prior to shooting, he was at the event. He posted a picture of him being at the event, and he had made um, some kind of racial racist comments about mixed breeds, mixed people who are mixed, not mixed breed, but you know, biracial, excuse me. And, um, he had quoted someone who is a known white supremacist. What are your thoughts on this, Ms. Parker? I mean, obviously this is the times that we're living in, um, you know, rest in peace to the, the people who were killed. This ha- seemed to have seemed to happen every month or so, every, every couple of months. Um, but this is mega America, you know, it's giving people um, permission to be evil, to allow their, um, what they feel as injustice or their pain or what they feel like all of their fears of losing their false sense of, you know, being superior, whatever that may, uh, you know, add up to in their mind, it's giving them the space to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just that all, all, you know, all the way around. And, and Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I I have to keep it all the way 100. So we're we're having these situations happen more often. Mm -hmm. And to be totally honest, I'm becoming numb to it. Because you have to adjust in order to not be uh, floored by it every time. Because it's very devastating. Mm -hmm. You know, people being killed the way that they are. And and I'm just thinking about me personally and a remedy to the situation. Sounds cool. 
but I think that those people that commit those acts need to be put to death, and I do not believe in the death penalty. I really don't. But I think that those people for these particular crimes need to be put to death by firing squads. You need to set yeah, an example so that people mm-hmm. in the future will understand what is going to happen to you when you do mm-hmm. things like this. Yeah. Immediate. Not, not no trial. You, you, you kill these people. As soon as we get mm-hmm. you in the room and enough people to shoot back on you, that's when we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently he purchased the gun lawfully in Nevada, which the legal limit there is 18 years old. He lived, obviously this happened in California. Um, they just raised the limit to 21 years old. And so, um, don't you think that the gun law should be more strict? For, I mean, I understand the Second Amendment uh, rule, right? But to buy the type of gun that can take out so many people in one setting, no one needs that kind of gun unless you're in the military. No one needs that kind of gun. And so I think that... I have, think that's what... Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I think that's what common sense people have been saying, right? And, right. Um, the... I, to be honest with you, the reason uh, uh, other people are opposed to this, not, it's not because of the Fifth Amendment. It's because the gun industry has brainwashed them into believing, and it's fear. It's fear-based. People yeah. thinking that once you take one right away and all their other amendments or uh, all their other you know, uh, uh, constitution, constitutional rights will be somehow removed because that's the message the gun industry has and all right. shut yep. down their throat mm-hmm. because they don't have any... Um, and these people are not people who are well-read, people who, you know, are, to be honest with you, just ignorant people. Um, so it's just it's just all, it's, it's a society and a systematic thing that's happened throughout the years um, about gun, gun laws. And everybody in their right mind know that a regular citizen, you and I, Joe Blow, a hunter, they don't even hunt with guns like that because what the gun does is it, if you're hunting with that gun, it, when you when a human being is shot one of those guns, their body explodes. Yep. So, um, if an animal is shot one of those guns, the same thing happens to the, the animal body. So, mm-hmm. gun hunters don't even use that gun. Right, right. That's true. Well, so there's. There, I'm sorry. There's a there's a running theory that there is an agenda to keep uh, African Americans uh, from getting guns, and that's to put the put a felony on your record, so that you will be unable to purchase a gun for um, the. I'm doing air quotes, the race war that's that's coming. And that is supposed to keep, you know, the status quo. We're we're gonna be basically shielded from being able to buy guns to protect ourselves in this race war. And all of this is uh, hypothetical guessing. I'm not saying that this is a for certain thing, right. it's a legend. And so maybe what we start need to start doing in the African American community since this is going to be a race war Maybe we should start telling our youth before they have an opportunity to get out in the world to get a record. Maybe when they turn 21, when they go register to vote, like at 18, 21, that, that, that age range, maybe you should also go file and get your first gun at that age since we do have the right. Then maybe they'll start changing the laws to fit. People can't get guns like they get guns. We have to make them ask. We have to do things to force their hands. Yeah, because they're not going to change them on their own. Every black citizen go and get a gun at the age of eighteen. Those gun laws will start changing. They definitely will. Yeah, they definitely will. They definitely will. Well, I thought some prayers again are with the victims and the especially the three that were killed, murdered, and their families. Um, 
All right, so our next uh, topic. So there was a there's a woman. She went out to a bar with some friends, and um, you know they were having drinks. And the bartender overheard something to the effect that the woman was 14 weeks pregnant. So he started making her drinks virgin drinks. He didn't put alcohol in them, and he didn't tell her that. And so she noticed it when she got her receipt to pay the bill, and she complained, and he got fired. Do you think that he was right for what he did, or how should he have handled that if you think that he didn't handle it right? No, I don't think he's right for what for what um, he did. I think that um, he, you know, if he didn't fully understand what the situation was, um, maybe he could have got a manager involved, like, hey, by law, we can't serve, you know, uh, pregnant people, and, you know, I thought I overheard she may be pregnant. And the manager, maybe there could have been a conversation around it, but he has no right to determine whether or not a grown adult is drinking or not. Unless, the only law, really, if the law is not even against pregnant people drinking, it's against people who are being, who are too intoxicate, intoxicated to have so the bar the, by law they can they can refuse you if you're too drunk right but it, it's nothing about you being pregnant um i just think people overstep their boundaries sometimes and i, I already know what type of person this was probably i can I <laughs> chicken what are your thoughts chicken oh i said her body her choice oh okay yeah yeah so, remember the conversation that we had um, a couple of hot topics ago with, uh, it was a Tiger Woods situation. Oh, oh yeah. One close to, and they didn't stop serving him. It's uh-huh. like the total opposite of this. You know, he was known to be an abuser of substance, and they continued to feed him. You know, they continued feeding him alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now someone's being brought up on charges because they didn't stop. And now you have a situation where someone stopped and didn't continue. Yeah. Double standard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he definitely should have gotten manager involved or first had a conversation with her to see if she really was pregnant and or if he didn't feel comfortable doing that, get a manager involved. But yeah, it definitely wasn't his right. Um, and I, th- I know he probably had the right intention, but it wasn't his right not to serve her alcohol if she ordered it as an adult. All right, so um, a New York man, he had served in Afghanistan and he's a young father. Um, him and his wife have had one-year-old twins and he went to work, forgot to drop the kids off um, in the back seat. And when he came out, out after his shift, eight-hour shift, the kids were had died because of the heat. Um, oh he, he's being tried. Well, he's being, um, uh, what's the word? Charged for murder. His wife put out a statement um, through her attorney and said that, of course, she's devastated by the loss of her children. But she loves her husband. He's a good father and a good husband. And he's a good person. And she's standing by him. They said that this has happened at least 813 times within the last 20 years. And it's happened 23 times this year. That people, they forget to um, check the back seat. Um, they have new technology in certain vehicles that they can detect when something's in the back seat. And they'll send an alarm what are your thoughts on this do you think he should be tried for murder you know and what are your thoughts on it overall Ms. Parker I mean I don't honestly Stephen I, I don't know how to answer the question because um, you know how it is it, 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 I think us giving our opinion on something like this is just it's out of I don't know a little bit insensitive 
because um, we don't know. You know, I, 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 there are some cases where you're like, okay, there's no way he didn't know. You know, that he got back in the car, he ran errands all day. He could have saw the been invasion. Like in this case, a man lost two children. Is it possible for a parent to, to you know, to forget their kid? I don't know. I'm not a parent. You know, I don't know. I just this it, 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 it does move in my spirit, and and I just I don't I, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the kids. I not being a parent, I don't know if that's possible, so I can't really answer. Yeah, well, it's obviously possible if it's happened 813 times, but um. But, but in some cases, you're like, you, you know, there was a case that happened here. The man got in his car twice, and so in that case, I'm like, okay, well, I can form an opinion, knowing like, okay, when I get in my car, I can see my back seat, you mm-hmm. know. But his car was there all day. I, you know, I, I can't imagine forgetting a kid in the car. But as a parent, I think it's at a different level. So. You know, obviously it does happen. I just I feel bad. I don't know if it's, you know he, losing his kids are enough. I think. Yeah, that's what I was it's thinking. Just, you know. yeah. Forget it. Yeah. 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 That, that was more so. Do you think that he should be tried with murder? Um, but okay. Check, yeah. I think, yeah. I think if it's a, if it's something that we they can come up and and and, and figure that he legitimately and it legitimately happens, like you know, mm-hmm. like you said, happen five sometimes. And no, you you don't charge a parent with murder for. For something like that, it's something they have to live with. Right, exactly. Yeah. Chike, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's it's kind of hard to, to like Miss Parker said to answer, uh, due to me not being a parent, but being an adult who has been responsible for children, especially infants, I'm over cautious about having a child. A child, you know, I'm extra careful. Coffee cup that you sit on top of the car while you get in and drive over the coffee cup. Once it's not that; these are babies, you know, precious cargo. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe something needs to happen where he gets flagged, like they have flagged sex offenders. Maybe he needs to get flagged, you know, as a warning. Like maybe he should be looked at, you know, with children when children are involved. Maybe you know he needs to walk around with like a scarlet letter so people know. You know him in the company of children, he can be forgetful. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, when you said that, you know, when you know when you're watching someone's child, um, you're highly sensitive to what they're doing and all that. And it's probably because you're not. That's not your your norm. You don't have right. To, you know what I mean? Right. So you're gonna be over. I remember when I brought my niece home from the hospital when she was born. I was looking in the back seat every five minutes because I was scared. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I do think the fact that he has to live this rest of his life, he has to look at his wife. In the face um, after he did this, and, and you know, it seemed like she's supporting him. I hope that they both get the therapy and the counseling that they're going to need. Um, there was a woman on TV this year, I mean, today, and she said that she had a friend who um, husband did the same thing, um, and the marriage didn't last, obviously. Um, but the woman has turned this into something positive, where she's an advocate for parents you know that have um issues with children or whatnot and and so she, she does it in her children's honors her kids honor so it's just it is a it is a difficult situation and uh my thoughts and prayers are definitely with that whole family because i can only imagine the grief that they're feeling well let's take a quick break we'll come back a few more hot topics right back after this Just wanna have 
heaven Well, girl, it ain't no problem No, it ain't no problem If it's only for the ones We can make that happen Baby, we can make that happen I know you're feeling me I see the signs You look like you're single And just about ready to be mine So, girl, it ain't no problem Baby, girl, it ain't no problem Problem, hey, it ain't a problem, girl About to show you a little bit of my world So good that I'ma make your toes curl Bumping, grinding, whenever that waist twirl Shiny, I bet you're happy that you showed up Showed up, gonna turn that freaky mode up No hold up, I'm about to pick the flow up Load up in your body and after that I'ma blow up I wanna see your body, body All of me I know that you're the truth Cause right now, baby, you're giving me all the proof Oh, just let me get into you Why don't caught your attention, now you want me to Got curiosity on your mind So we ain't about to waste no more time
this is Robin Dixon from The Real Housewives of Potomac, and you're listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. I want to remind you, we're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, of course, our official website. You can also get your T-shirts there. Um, you can check us out on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Just go to our website, thestephennightshow.com. All right, so everyone's been talking about Nicole Murphy, you know, Eddie Murphy's ex-wife. She was spotted last week kissing a married man. He's actually the husband of Leo Rashawn, the actress who played in Wait Next Hell. Um, you know, Angela Bassett, Whitney Houston, Loretta Devine, and Leo Rashawn. And so um, she first came out and said that it was a family friend and they were just greeting each other. Of course, that no one bought that. So she released a statement to TMZ saying that, you know, she had been married before and she doesn't condone um, messing around with married men and you know pretty much she thought they were separated he told her they were separated well uh, the brat on their show um, their show on Dish Nation she said that Nicole Murphy did the same thing to her sister Lisa Ray that she messed around with her ex-husband and so Lisa Ray was confronted by TMZ at, um, and she confirmed she said yeah absolutely did happen and she said, um, she doesn't know if this is her thing that she does, but she said she definitely knows that she did this to her husband. And, you know, um, Nicole, by the way, d- denied that ever happened. D- and so some of the discussion I've seen online, people were saying everyone's blaming Nicole, but he was the married man. Um, so what are your thoughts on, is anyone at fault? What are your thoughts, Ms. Parker? Uh, I mean, you know, from what I've read, um, in their circle so she does know that he's married you know I just think what goes around comes around I, you know I think that there are um, it's false on both sides you know I just think that it's, a, it's women's responsibility to make sure that they within the, the realm of sisterhood that they stay away from other women's husbands you know um, if he's going to leave her then leave her and it's, I feel the same thing about men unless you have an understanding there are different types of relationships and there are people who are signed up for all kinds all types of relationships those people who are open to open relationships if that's what you need, you find you people, a person that's open to it and y'all can do that. I just don't understand why people don't find a relationship that suits them. Mm-hmm. Um, why they don't find relationships that, that they want. There are people who would do any type of relationship you can think of. Um, and so if a man is not happy in his relationship, he can, he can move on and find the type that he wants. So I, you know, I think, I think they're both to blame. Yeah. Chica. So, what was the initial question? Like, just what my, what my thoughts are about this situation? Do you think that, because people were saying everyone's blaming Nicole Murphy, but no one's really blaming the man who was actually married, uh, you know, for messing around? Okay. So, well, on the cheating situation, um, I always will fault the person that walked down the aisle and said the promise, because you're the one that said the promise. You're the one that's married. You're the one that has the union. However... From history standpoint, Nicole Murphy is known for lascivious and surreptitious behavior. From like a long-standing, remember Michael uh, Strahan had to put a load back on her because she was doing so many things to him. And you know, let us let us not forget. You know, she used to be married to Eddie Murphy. Remember the stories from back then. So she has a long history of doing that type of thing. There would be no way that I would be in a relationship and watch her creep or be around someone that I'm attached to and not blow up the spot. Instantly, you, you can't hang with her. You can't be around her. I don't care what you say. can't be around her. 
Mm, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, Trump's at it again. He's making racist tweets. This one, this time, it's against um, the former um, Congressional Black Caucus Chair Elijah Cummings, Elijah Cummings, um, who is also the head of a commission, a committee, and he um, is one of the most prominent black uh, figures in um, in Congress, and so. He has been very outspoken about his, um, you know, he, he's um, been very outspoken about his dislike for Trump's policies. He hasn't attacked him as a person, but his policies. And he um, is leading an investigation on his tax, taxes and all that. And so Trump pretty much called him a racist. Well, he did call him a racist and told him that he needed to, to spend his time um, focused on Baltimore, where he rep- represents. Um, he called it a rat. Roach infested and all this kind of thing, and so um, of course Baltimore people that are from Baltimore, especially um, celebrities and and sports figures, have come out against him, told him to come say it to his face, uh, say it to their face and whatnot. And Trump, of course, he's doubling down on these on these racist tweets. Now, what people are side eyeing Congress uh, Republican Congressman Mark Meadows. So what happened was a few months ago they were having a um, a hearing and. Um, one of the new, you know, the squad, one of the members of the squad called him a racist. And Elijah Commons stopped the, the, um, the, the you know, meeting and said, hold on, you may not agree with his policies, but that's one of my best friends. He is not a racist. And, and Mark, you know, really appreciate that. Well, in light of Trump um, calling Elijah Cummins a racist, Mark Meadows has not said anything publicly. And people wonder, where was that same support that he had for you? They even asked him, CNN asked him at a meeting today, and he ignored it. Um, he did, there was a person on, um, a correspondent today on CNN that said that he texted Mark, and Mark said that he knows he's not a racist. But Mark's also a Trump supporter, so that's probably why he hadn't publicly said it. What are your thoughts on, on all this? Um, I think Mr. Cummings, which I wish I have seen a few um, a few stories of him and, 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 and know of his work. Um, he's doing actually amazing work. He's a man that's full of compassion. His yep. passion has been, been been of service for over 40 years for this country. Um, but I think he found out an important lesson today. Anybody who supports um, uh, uh, 45 is not your best friend, okay? Mm-hmm. He probably, he and that, that man has some racist tendencies for him to like Trump. Yep. And the fact that he was called a racist, he was probably hurt because someone saw it and called him out on it, more so than him being... Um, a racist. So I think we got to be careful when we are referring to people as, oh, that's my best friend because he just found out that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, Chica? So from from what I know, um, Senator Cummings is really sticking it to Trump when it comes to these court cases. Yeah. I heard that he won one already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that man in office doesn't really like that nope. because he's getting his behind handed to him and he can't take it. He's losing and he can't take it. I think that a lot of those Republicans have taken a blood oath to be allegiant to this man for whatever reason. And they will not go against him because it's, it, I think at this point it's crucial that they have to have a united front because if they crack or break, it's all going to fall apart. It's falling apart anyway. But once you show it, it's a definite win, and they're not gonna—they're not going to. He's never gonna. No one is ever going to acknowledge in public 
that they go against him. They're all going to stick together. And I, I really hope that the Democrats that have friends that are Republicans, like I hear them on the news all talking about they don't recognize some of their Republican friends because they're acting totally different against the, their, their character or the person that they know them to be. They're not going to change. They're not going to go against Trump simply because there's an election coming up and they have an agenda to stick to. If anyone cracks that face, then it's going to be a wash for them. So they don't even expect it. Mm-hmm. So it was expected for him to not stand up for him or to speak highly of him. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, Trump, you know, he can't stand Al Sharpton either. And because uh, Al Sharpton has called him the task on everything from Central Park Five back in the day to uh, recent things he's done. And even when he, uh, when he, the birther with Obama back then as well. And so um, he mentioned that he knows Al Sharpton's going to jump in this. And he called him a con man and all this stuff. And Al Sharpton, he addressed it at a, a press conference. He said, if I was, if he thinks I'm a con man, he would uh, nominate me for one of his cabinet seats. <laughs> he How <did>. about that? <laughs> it was a really great speech. It's on, it's on um, online if you want to see it. But he did a great good job with that. Um, yeah, Trump, it's a matter of time before it. This, I don't think he's gonna get elected. We can't. We don't know for sure. But he he is uh, he's digging his own grave pretty much uh, when it comes politically. And and and, and, and total and total honesty. You know, people are wanting. They may servicely want him to be impeached, but that's not the agenda because now he's made like real serious enemies. They don't want him impeached. They want him to go to jail. Yeah. They want to ruin their name, yep. and they want to fix it so his grandchildren cannot eat off of all this corruption that he's building. Exactly. That's what the agenda is. So uh, I want my people out there that are mad. We lost you. Endgame. We lost you, chicken. What would you say? You want your people what? I want them to wait for the end game. I don't oh, want yeah. them to look at the impeachment because the end game is not him being impeached. They want him in jail. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, well, last subject. So, you know, Halloween every year is October 31st. Well, there's a petition now asking it to be moved to the last Saturday in October because, um, you know, parents, most people are off on Sunday, and this way they can be out with their kids all night or however long and have to worry about getting up in the morning and done with school and all that. Well, there's some people are against that because they say that Saturdays are typically when, when D, the most DUIs are, are um, happen, and they think they would put children in danger. What are your thoughts on the October? I mean, on Halloween changing to the end of October, Ms. Parker? The Halloween changing until to when? To the end of October. The end of October. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't care what day to celebrate Halloween. I'm, I, that's my favorite holiday. So they can do it October first. I'm gonna be celebrating. Um, I, I think this, this question is for more with people with kids and and you know I don't I don't I'm I'm an adult single without any children. So I can celebrate Halloween on whatever day. So whatever days benefit the children and the kids and their families and you know school and all those things. Whatever makes sense for them, I'm down with. Okay. Because I can do it whenever. I think it was on a Tuesday last time and I went out to a party. So, um, is it challenging? Yes, but, you know, uh, I think that's part of the the decision. Um, When you don't have children um, or you choose not to have children, that's part of the perks, right, is being able to do what you want when you want. 
Um, so there are some things that I don't feel necessarily I need to have a say in. Um, the, the people who need to have certain days, they can have to say. I'll just go whenever it is. Okay. GK? I don't get it. I mean, can't you observe it whenever you want to observe it if you're looking at it as a holiday? I mean, regardless of what the day is, if I wanted to have a Halloween party, it is in the month of October. I can have it on the 28th if I wanted to. I'm having Which a Halloween party on the 20th. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I'm confused. But, but what I have to think of... On the weekdays, most of the parties are that weekend before anyway. Exactly, exactly. But I, I have to be devil's advocate and also throw in the people that say that they celebrate Halloween for religious reasons. You know, there's people that are paganists. They may want to celebrate it when it actually happens because something is going on with the moon. And as it relates to, you know, all that ethereal stuff that they believe in, maybe they don't want it moved. Just saying. Well, then, they, then they can do it on the day that the moon is moving. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see what happens with this petition. <laughs> Ms. Parker, thank you as always for um, Hot Topics. Hope you have a great week. Check out see your movie reviews. And uh, when we come back, our interview with Tyler Dumont. Right back after this. I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. She say, she say, she feel it all in her stomach. I follow you, you lead the way. Cardio the way I got a rock. She woke up happy. She know this I day. Thursday begin her weekends. I'm booked on Friday. She worked all week. She still trying to make my shows. She not watching me. She dare to watch them, watch them. Thought she trust her. In this row is how she feel. It's all raw the way she the way she the No, no gloves that means she f***ing with you. Never ask for one or nothing. Just say two. She see the money, but she pay two. And every interview questions, I be wanting to say you. Had your own sh- I can't say I saved you. Your pop's the only man can say he made you. I play my play myself if I ever tried to play you. I follow you. You need to act. I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. She say, she say, she feel it all in her stomach. I follow you, you lead the way. Cardio the way I gotta run I follow her, she follow me. No social sites, this reality. All these comments got her mad at me. You ain't gotta see They fans, baby They just gotta speak All they got is the beat Why you getting beat? They in tune with cocky But you know streets The only Georgia's watches tense That we throwin' magic See, them strippers, girl I want a piece of you Where wood, canoe Just do it like Nike, baby You own this bitch Gon' copyright it, baby They want what you gettin' Plus that head pulling like a transmission All mouth, no hands in it I follow you, you lead the way I'm 
I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. She say she feel it all in her stomach. I follow you, you lead the way. Cardio the way I gotta run. Tonight's tonight. You got the real thing. She pulling my dreads, biting my chains. She rolling the stendos. My d on the stendo. She blow me like the cartridges on the Nintendo. Plays calling. I want this to end though, but she on Tendo. Drop the keys, go ahead and bend over. Go ahead and bend over. Girl, drop the, drop the keys, go ahead and bend over. Full cut like I'm in love with it. She ain't been the same since a thug hit it. Full to a dry swell up. Grab her neck and tell her shut real up. She love that freaky stuff. Ain't seen my, seen my yet. She always eat it up. I follow you, you lead the way. I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. I'm coming, then we both come. I follow you, you lead the way. She say she, she say she feel it all in her stomach. I follow you, you lead the way. Cardio the way I gotta run. I follow you. Seem to wash away the raindrops, raindrops, raindrops. 
Stephen Knight Show. Our guest tonight was a finalist on MTV's Making the Band, but is back now with new music and her reaction to Diddy announcing he wants to bring back the show. Please help me welcome the very talented Tyler Dumont. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Can't that's, complain. That's awesome. Well, before we get into everything, tell us a little about you, your background, your upbringing. Just how would you sum that all up? Um, multicultural to say the least, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, from my paternal side, my dad's, uh, uh, Puerto Rican with Haitian French descent. My mother is Colombian. Uh, far back we have some Irish roots. So, um, yeah, I call that Puerto Frisian Irish Colombian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's a lot of good culture to have together though, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so growing up, you know, being a multicultural, um, and a racial, um, how, how did, how were you treated in school? Were you treated differently? Were you embraced? How, how did your peers treat you? Um, wow. From what I can remember, I mean, and I didn't really put too much thought into it just because it wasn't something that was brought up to my attention at the time. I grew up in Miami, Florida. I'm from Miami, Florida. Okay. Florida, yeah. raised. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of diversity growing yeah. up. Yeah. You know, we were around uh, Caribbean people, Haitians, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, Dominicans, Colombians, uh, whites. You know, it's just, it, it was a mixture right. of everything. So I grew up in that diverse atmosphere. So it was really never a thing about, you know, where are you from? I do remember it being in private school and uh my dad coming to to, to pick me up uh one day and uh, you know he's dark skinned so uh-huh. my friends yeah. were like who's that right and like their faces always just i was like what what's going on here like i didn't see a problem i didn't know what was going on this was very young obviously but right, right. i remember that kind of left a, a weird feeling like why did they look at me that way it was weird but for the most part my parents instilled uh that type of uh, mentality where color 
shouldn't matter. Yeah. Gender yeah. shouldn't matter. So it was just like, you know, we, we know that we were broad and made from love. So that's, that's awesome. kind of like how I grew up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thankfully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when did you fall in love with music and knew that this is what you wanted to do? Oh, great question. Uh, I fell in love with music from the moment I heard it. Uh, mm. What must have been two or one? I mean, my parents always played music around my house. I grew up to a lot of Motown tracks. My dad always played Motown every Sunday. So yeah. you know, I was introduced to an early um, mixture of genres musically. You know, we, we listened to gospel. We listened to Motown. We listened to salsa. We listened to jazz. Oh, my God. So I'm thankful for that because I remember just listening to music in itself, and it would always put me in such a great mood, um, you know, seeing my dad and my mom singing. My sister and I, we would sing to tunes and, and things of that yeah. nature, but it was great. And I knew that the moment I, I, I stepped on stage to perform, that was really when I knew that I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. Awesome, awesome. So when did you start doing music yourself? When did I start doing music myself? Well, I started actually dabbling into creating music when I was like around 12 okay. I saw you know I, I I saw a keyboard and I just started playing with it at school from there on I begged my mom to get me a keyboard and uh, <laughs> at, at, at age 12 I just started you know writing and, and composing and I didn't know anything I just I learned how to play by ear so okay. it's, it's like for example I remember uh, the song hero by Mariah Carey well, you know how it starts in the keys. So I, I would I would try to find those same keys, and that's really how I taught myself. Wow. Uh, after that, I kind of stopped. You know, being a kid, and I wanted to play. And my father would always say, "Hey, don't forget to practice. Don't forget to practice. Practice makes perfect." I should yeah. listen to him though. Uh -huh. But now I, I, I've just um, started to play again. But I, I remember that it was still natural to me. Um, you know, creating and writing and uh, playing with instruments. It's it's just. I don't know, and, and I think it's just because I'm naturally musically inclined. Right, yeah. Um, but it, it just came very easy for me, and now I've, I've just started to play again, so um, I'm in a happy space. That's know? great, that's great. And I, and I read that you, um, Sade was an artist that really influenced you uh, growing up. Talk, talk about that. Big time. Yeah, well, Sade, she embodies everything I want to be. Obviously, no, there, there's only one Sade. Right, yeah. replicate that. <laughs> but just the essence of, of, of who she is um, was amazing to me just because, you know, she's someone who's, I believe, authentic, real. Uh, her music speaks volumes to me. Um, just her demeanor, her sound, it, it was something that I always wanted to exude as an, as an artist. Always, you know, staying true to my artistry and having my own sound. But I remember her being one of the pivotal people, her and Michael Jackson, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. That just, you know... I, I felt something, and I'm like, if I ever become an artist, I, like, I, I want to be real. Yeah. I, I want to have my own sound just like that. So, yeah, she was a big part of me even growing up and, and falling in love with music. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I adore her. I'm like the biggest fan. I heard she has an album coming out soon, or she said one's in the works or something. I, I think I read that somewhere. So we'll see. That will be great. She's one of those, yeah, hope, hopefully. Yeah, she's one of those artists, like a mystery, which I think is is part of her you know, 
the magic behind her because you never know she'll come out with an album then she'll go away for 10 years come out with an album you know what I mean yeah and you know what (laughs) and it's great because I feel like that's the type of artist that I want to be you know she still has time to live her life have a life outside of music Uh remain mysterious like you know just have her private life and then whenever she's ready to come out with great music people are going to be there supporting her I think that's beautiful I, I, I love that yeah yeah I love that too so let's fast forward to auditioning for making the band how did you find out about the show? And tell us about the audition process for you. <laughs> yeah, so a coworker of mine uh, just told me about these auditions that Diddy was holding in uh, Miami. And, you know, he being young, I, th- I believe I was like 19 or 20. Okay. Uh, and at, at the time, I remember my mom was ill. Not yeah. Not to a certain, like, to, to a terrible, terrible extent, but, you know, she was just not diagnosed okay. uh, with breast cancer stage. I believe it was three um so my mind was all over the place uh you know he told me you know go audition you never know i was like yeah i don't know if i if this is what i what i want to do right now you know i have my mom right you know she's sick and i'm pretty much the caretaker at this point in 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 my life so Mm -hmm. he said something that really resonated with me he's like you know you never know how far you're gonna get and in doing so maybe you can help your mom out and you know i think that in itself just hit a chord and I was just like maybe he's right you know I have nothing to lose what's the worst that they can say no right you know, that's exactly. not gonna stop me exactly so um I then uh, decided to go uh and audition I remember it was so hot and um <laughs> I I ended up auditioning it was like a line of girls I ended mm-hmm. up finding out it was like a I think in photo from like four cities LA Miami New York and Chicago like about 60,000 girls like four fifty thousand girls wow he ended up flying all over yes for those four cities out of those 50,000 um only 60 were chosen to fly back to new york and audition for him himself wow and i was lucky i was one of the lucky 60 after after that after auditioning for uh, him in new york then he chose 15 girls to now be a part of the competition and be a part of the show so that was an awesome experience you know yeah I, it was nerve-wracking, obviously, because I didn't know what to expect. Right, right. Because it was a really tough time in my life. I, I was depressed, and a lot was going on. But everything happens for a reason, you I know? Agree. So I'm yeah. really thankful for, for the opportunity. Yeah, and so you end up um, just leaving the show to take care of your mother, who unfortunately passed away. And my heart goes out to yeah. you. My mother passed away with cancer as well, so I know how devastating that can be. What, what would you say the biggest lesson, um, you know, take, taking care of your mom and you know her passing away. What did, what was the lesson that that you took away from that experience? As as powerful it can be. What did you take away from that? Ooh, that that was tough. Yeah. When tr- when she was going through that, I you know I was young, I was naive, I didn't know what to expect. Right. So here, me looking up to my mom, seeing how strong she is. Mm-hmm. You know, she was my mother, my father, my provider, my kid. She she was everything. So to see her go through that and little by little, day by day, deteriorating from the mm. radiation, yeah. from the chemotherapy, from, yeah. you know, then going through the symptoms, you know, the, the you know, throwing up, the losing yeah. the hair as I'm brushing her, all that hit me hard and yeah. I, I didn't know really how to deal with it. But my mom always said, you know, it is what it is. You know, you always have to remain strong. You have to, you know, keep your head up high, you know, because at, at the end of the day, she's like, you know, Whatever is meant for me and whatever God, whatever 
God's plan is for me. That's what's going to happen. And yeah. I didn't understand that back then. Exactly. You know, I had to just go through all of that day by day and, and experience it. I had to, you know, get a job to take care of her because she couldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was almost forced to grow up a little bit and yeah. mature. I was always mature, but I had to grow up and, a different level. and, and now be the, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was tough. It was, it was really tough. What did I learn from that or what, what were the lessons? Yeah. Uh, don't take life for granted. Yeah, you know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, I understand. You know that we all have to survive. We all have to work. You know, whatever our nine to five, we have to, things to take care of our families, our kids, and stuff. But never lose sight of life, of enjoying life, of taking care of yourself, yeah. of being healthy, of you know going to go to the doctor to check yourself. Yeah, you know, all these things that I'm just like you know we lose sight of because of what's happening, the worldly distractions that we have to deal with day day to day. Exactly. So you know it's just right now I'm I'm learning the meaning of balance. That's you awesome. have to balance everything out. Have yeah. a life to yourself. You know still continue to do what you love to do, but never losing uh, sight of what's really important. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I know it, it was a while, but I know your mother. You never. You never lose that that missing your mother. So my heart goes to you with that. Thank you, thank you. Listen, it's been fifteen years. Yeah, um, it's yeah. gotten better. You you learn how to deal. You do how to cope with it. You do, but you never ever forget that pain. Yeah, it it, it never really goes away. That's so true. That's I, true. I don't expect people to understand that, but only if you've gone through that, you then can you understand that. Really, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, excited um, that you have a new project in the works, Nomadic Behavior. But you have a brand new yeah. single out, Don't Mean It. And it's produced by yeah. uh, Swang, was it Swang? What, Swanko. Swanko and Josh, and Josh yeah. X, yes. Who've worked with Cardi B, Swiss Beats, J-Lo, DJ Khaled, mm-hmm. the likes of those people. So tell us about the single. Tell us about Don't Mean It. Well, yeah, Don't Mean It is the first single off of Nomadic Behavior, my project. And uh, really, how that song even came about was, you know, we went to the studio I had a compilation of tracks to listen to, and I remember that, well, what ends up becoming Don't Mean It, it was the last track that I heard, and I remember that one really stood out to me. I was like, okay, I love that sound, that, you know, that ambient fusion sound with, um, like, a lot of R&B hints and, and stuff like that. So I was like, I love this one. They're like, are you sure? I'm like, no, I really, really love this one. <laughs> and then we just got together, and it's like, okay, so what do you want to talk about? We went through a couple of concepts here and there, and... What I wanted to do more importantly was talk about something that was real, that people can connect with or resonate with, and that it's honest. So I was just like, okay. We started talking about, you know, relationships and uh, when two people are arguing. You know, it, it could be you and your significant other, you and your sister, you and your brother, you or your mother, whoever it is, you and your best friend. A lot of times when we get angry, we tend to say things that we really don't mean, you yeah, know, because yeah. in that heat of the moment, we're trying to upset the, the other person. So, you know, we'll throw some things, some words, some stuff we shouldn't really be saying. And at the end of the day, we regret it. But we have to remember that it's all love. Yeah. And, uh, that's really where the concept came from. And I love the song. It's it's just my baby, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And we playing it after this interview. I can't wait for the listeners to hear it. Tell us about yeah. what else can we expect on Nomadic <laughs> Behavior? I'm sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Sure. What else can we expect on nomadic behavior? What can you expect? Well, um, a lot of different sounds. I talk about a lot of my journey, uh, what I've experienced with love, loss, confusion, depression. You know, just talk about things that are real, you know. Mm -hmm. I 
that, that was like one of the most important things for me, you know, creating this, this project was I, I wanted to talk about real issues, real things that we go through. And I didn't want it to be that typical cliche thing, you know, right. what everybody's talking about. Like, I just wanted to kind of dive in again into my emotions and my past and everything I've experienced chronologically. And I said, okay, well, for this song, I'm, I'm going to talk about this. For this one, I'm going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But it's just a compilation of my life, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. some R&B fusion songs in there. There's a little Latin influence. There's a little reggae. There's uh, hip hop. There's trap. So that's just like a compilation of a lot of sounds, and that's why I named it Nomadic Behavior. I love it. My lo- behavior was very nomadic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, so when when it will, will be available? Exactly. Um. Oh well. It'll come out in uh, January of 2020. Okay. So right now I'm just finishing the uh, last bits of um, things that I have to go over, some songs that I have left unfinished. I'm just, you know, finishing the ending part. Of it. Yeah, yeah, finalizing. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, as I announced earlier, or said earlier, Diddy said that he wants to bring back making the band. And, you know, Audrey Day, she, uh, she's been kind of, bashing him on, on Instagram saying that the show won't be nothing without the original cast and all that. What are your thoughts about mm-hmm. him uh, reviving the show? Well, I'm really excited, to be honest, uh, just because he's giving people a chance. Yeah. Here, here, Here's the thing. I think that overall, there's a lot of unseen talent. There's a lot of talent yep. in the world. Yep. And so the fact that they get to have some sort of platform mm-hmm. uh, to showcase that, I, I, I think it's needed. Um, the only thing I will say is be careful because editing, <laughs> yeah. editing, you know, yes. they're always trying to put a, a storyline to things. So just be careful. Not everything you see is accurate. That's true. But what I, right, so, but what I would say is to the contestants or the future hopefuls who are uh, auditioning, just have fun. Yeah. Learn from the process. Understand that whether you make it far or not, it's not the end of the destination or exactly. your destination. Rather, exactly. you know, it's it, you. You continue. You learn from it. You try to make your connections. You know, use that 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 door or that platform that he's giving you, and you know, use it to your advantage. You know, just just work hard and and have fun. That's the one thing to remember. Have fun. Most definitely. And you know, that's 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 pretty much it. So I'm I'm really excited for him that you know that he's going to bring it back. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good idea as well. I will say uh, about the editing. I know when years ago I auditioned for American Idol. And I remember I used to watch American Idol, and they would show people sleeping outside the night before the yeah. audition. Literally, you're not sleeping outside. They come wake you up in the morning and tell you to go outside. They take a hundred, like 200 oh, yeah. people and go outside. <laughs> then they bring out the cameras. So it is editing. It is editing. Exactly. <laughs> well, tell, tell everyone where they can keep up with you on social media, your website. What's the best way to keep up with Tyler's doing? Keep up with me through all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Tyler Dumont Music. Uh, drop a comment, like, a message. doesn't matter. I always reply. That's awesome. And I do want to mention this before I let you go, that you also uh, launched your own independent label, Tyler Dumont Productions. I want to let people That's know right. you're a businesswoman. Uh, you're also the executive producer of your own uh, doc biofilm, A Train of Thought. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that real yeah. quick? A train of thought, real quick. Uh, you want me to talk about it? Yeah, just real briefly. Yeah, sure. Um, basically, to spare you from the boring details, I 
got to a point in my life where I was just like, you know, I know what I wanted to do. I never wanted to be stifled creatively. I never wanted to be told what to do. I never wanted to feel like a slave doing something that I love to do. So not that I'm criticizing or bashing any label or right. anything like that, but I know what I wanted to do. Exactly. And in order for me to do that, I had to call the shot. So, you know, shout out to my partner, uh, you know, working with her, we got together. I explained to her. Well, she came up to me. She, she heard my music. She's like, oh, my God, this is phenomenal. What are you doing with it? I'm like, well, you know, I, I basically just want to put it out and stuff like that. She, you know, we talked about it, and we came, up, well, we came up with Tyler Dumont Productions, TDP. And it's basically a production company. Well, it has to do with all things creation, so uh, producing, writing, recording. And it, it's been great. Uh, That's awesome. I've learned all of the ins and outs. Uh, of the business, I had to get burned a couple yeah, of times yeah. for me to learn lessons, you know, because this industry is very, very finicky, very it shady. Is. It is. So, um, and, and there's a lot of politics behind. So I had to get burned and I had to learn throughout my way. And But it's been great. I'm not going to complain. Um, I love the fact that I'm doing this independently. Yeah. I love what's happening. And I'm trying to take my time. I'm not looking for like overnight success or, right. you know, whatever. Like, I, I'm here to stay. I'm here to just drop amazing music, timeless music. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, to me, this is not a hobby. This is what I love to do. Most so, definitely. Um, and then the, the docu-bio, it was just basically a piece of me that I wanted to share with the world so they can get a chance to get to know who is Tyler Dumont, who am I as a person, who am I as an artist, my journey, what I've been through, what I've learned. And um, it's, it's an amazing piece. I executive produced it and mm -hmm. why, I, why I wanted to come out um, very, very transparent was because it, it's important to let people know what to expect because a lot of the times there's this uh, notion that's uh, perpetuated as, in, in the industry is, you know, with the fame and, 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 and not putting the work in and what to expect. So I, I just wanted to clear the air. There's a yeah. lot more to yeah. it than you really know. So if you're really passionate about it, you know, just be passionate about that, not for all the wrong reasons, like Most fame definitely. and glory and attention and popularity. Because right. I feel like nowadays everybody and their grandmothers wants to be an artist. Exactly, so, exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, the new single is Don't Mean It. Check it out now. Go get it right now. Tyler Dumont, thank you so much for joining us tonight and continued success to you and all that you're doing. And we appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. All right. For more information about Tyler Dumont, go to our website, thestevenknightshow.com. We'll be right back after this. Do I swear to tell a whole truth and nothing but the truth? Let me take a minute. Let me take a minute. What is my reason for cheating? Let's start from beginning. Let me take a minute. It's clear I made the wrong move. It went down in the DM like some do. I didn't mean it to happen. She just wanted that action. Body stop moving, I'm folded. Try to talk myself out of it, I'm going. She got the rubbing, I start the boju. But then I probably lose it all focus. Hold up, hold them. You don't want to hear me. I can tell the truth, but you was all there. Him. You can stay here, I'ma leave it. And I'ma take it back to the blackout days. She like, rub, rub, rewind. Rub, rub, rewind. Let me take a minute. Let me take a minute She was just feeling my vibe When I looked in her eye Let me take a minute Let me take a minute 
Stephen I show Adam how was your weekend uh, it was really good Stephen we went up to uh, Pittsburgh for the weekend oh, yeah, uh, saw the pictures. And it was great nice yeah yeah first time ever ever there um, and it really surprised me it's a really nice city it's very uh, pretty and uh, not what I expected at all so uh, yeah it was great how about you my weekend was it was kind of laid back I didn't do a whole lot it was cool um, I attempted to go to a party on a uh, Saturday, but did not have cash, <laughs> and the ATM was broke, so <laughs> I went home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that's that's like driving around to see if there's a parking spot, and you're like, well, there's no parking in here. I'm going to go home. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, I'll let you what you get takeaway with uh, movie reviews. Sure thing. So I saw the latest release by Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and this is a movie following, uh, or I guess I should start start with who it's starring. So we have Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Margot Robbie as the main characters. And this film takes place in 1969 in Hollywood. And Leonardo DiCaprio plays a movie star who's kind of past his prime. So he's now doing a lot of bit parts. Uh, he, he was in a TV show. Now he's doing bit parts in, movie, uh, in other TV shows. 
and Brad Pitt plays his stunt double and uh, essentially best friend in the movie, while Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate, the famous actress who was murdered during the Charles Manson uh, incident. So, as a typical Quentin Tarantino movie, you know it, it's it's two and a, it's two hours and forty five minutes long. Uh, you get a lot of feel for the the environment, for the characters, and you really go through mainly uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character's storyline of um, how he's dealing with kind of the end of his his Hollywood career and things like that without without giving away too much. But overall, I thought it was really good. Um, so Quentin Tarantino movies are hit and miss with me. Some are really good. Some are just okay. This one was long, but it didn't feel too long. And it was um, it was fun to kind of see that old-style Hollywood, even though it wasn't that old, but from 50 years ago. Uh, and just watching the characters and seeing kind of the environment. And he does include, of course, like other famous people like Bruce Lee. Uh, you do see like Charles Manson, uh, Roland Polanski, uh, things like that. So you get a little bit taste of the environment at the time. And um, yeah, he, he he pulled off a really good movie. And if you're looking for, of course, kind of a star-studded cast besides the main three, uh, I mentioned, you know, Timothy Oliphant's in it, Kurt Russell, Al Pacino, Dakota Fanning. So he, you know, he's able to pull in this big group of actors that want to work with him, and um, he he pulled off a good film, I think. So, and you know, it was number two in the box office this weekend because Lion King is still, of course, uh, I guess king of the box office, so to speak. So that's still doing really well. So um, yeah, if you're, I will say, if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, to check it out. Uh, if you're not, it is a little bit of a slower movie. Like I said, there are some scenes where you're like, what's going on here? But again, it's it's to it's for the audience or the fans to embrace it, enjoy the scenery, enjoy the details he puts into everything. Yeah, I actually saw that movie as well. And um, uh, including the cast, I also have to mention that um, there are some deceased cast members that get billing in this movie. So Luke Perry of 90210 fame, He's actually, he has a feature in the film. And believe it or not, uh, Sharon Tate and Steve McQueen have billing in the movie. Long since deceased, in Tarantino being the director that he is, he is one of those artists, like I consider myself, a fan first. So he makes his art from being a fan, uh, and he, he blossoms from there. And he incorporated these people because he is a fan. So you have Steve McQueen who's been dead for probably 20 some, almost 30 some years maybe. I'm guessing. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure, but he's been dead for a while. And of course, uh, Sharon Tate has as well. And they have actually billing in the movie. So someone from their family or state, they're going to receive a check because they're starring in this movie. I thought that was really cool that he did that. And I have to say, Adam, I don't know if you feel the same way, but but I, I guess I can ask you the question. Being an actor and watching Leonardo DiCaprio's performance and how he's jumping in between being an actor in the movie, being an actor in the movie, <laughs> and how he plays it, what did you feel about that? 
I think he did good. So I will say at the beginning, I thought he was, he didn't, I wasn't convinced. It felt like I was watching Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, but as time went on throughout the movie, he, he really fell into uh, the role of his character, uh, Rick Dalton. And you kind of felt like, in the end, during the important scenes where he's like, you know, trying to remember his lines and stuff like that, I, I think he did a great job there. And it is kind of like, you know, how actors think and how, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on, especially when you're trying to remember lines because everyone's there and, you know, you've been on movie sets. Uh, there's It's a whole production and you, you don't want to be that one person that everything's laid out just right and then you forget a line and now everyone mm -hmm. has to wait for you to figure it out. So uh, I think he did a really good job with that um, as well. Yeah. I, I because of his portrayal of an actor in Hollywood, and the way that it was written, I do believe that he may get some kind of acknowledgement from somewhere as far as awards are concerned. I don't know exactly what. I don't know if it was Oscar-worthy, but maybe People's Choice, maybe. I'm not sure, but I think that he's going to get recognized for that. Just simply because this movie was, or is, I should say, about Hollywood and the politics in Hollywood and the things that actors have to go through in order to sustain a career over time and what you go, the roles that you pick and how political it is. And at the same time, it also incorporates that whole Charles Manson um, storyline story yep. and how his storyline incorporated into Hollywood because Manson was involved in the industry because he started out, he was trying to be a musician. A lot of people don't know that. He was trying to be a musician, so he was woven into Hollywood. He knew those people. Um, he knew people that lived in the Hollywood Hills. He knew people that were on movie sets. He knew people that were the shakers and the hitters, you know, during that time. And it was mm -hmm. really interesting to see how that played out. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, that's a good point. And I will, I will re recommend people kind of just do some. This is a movie where you probably want to do a little research about everything beforehand because it does introduce actors or famous people that most people don't know about like Jay Sebring. Um, and mm -hmm. if you at least know about them, you'll kind of know the context and where the story's leading. Again, it's not, I wouldn't say it's, rec it's not necessary, but you definitely will get more from the movie. If you kind of know the whole, um, the whole situation. And when they go to uh, the spawn ranch where the Manson family lived for yeah. some time, this research, some of that. And so you'll kind of get a little bit more context, uh, of the movie because I think it will help uh, your experience. Yeah, I think Quentin did a good job trying to educate you as much as he could without, like, overkill. He gave you enough for you to do the research <laughs> on your own. But if you watch it, you'll really understand. If you do your research beforehand and then when you watch it, you'll really understand how those puzzle pieces really connect. And I think yeah, at, at yeah. some point in the movie, they actually do give you, like, a little uh, history lesson where Steve McQueen is actually telling you who people are and how they're related to each other at the party. This is, like, really brief and really short, but it's, it's, a, it's a pass for you to start, you know, getting on to ride it out. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. Um, yeah, he, that, that scene was interesting because it doesn't seem like a typical Quentin Tarantino thing, but he's like, well, the audience, you know, this, this thing happened 50 years ago. The audience won't know if I don't kind of give a little bit of background. Uh, and so I think he pulled that off really well without being too overt. Yeah, and I just so the the true Quentin Tarantino fans 
before you go see this movie, he does not disappoint you on blood because you know he's known for that. He doesn't disappoint. It's in there. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And I, actually, and that's that's the part I thought that was a little cheesy, but you know, it's him. Um, and yeah, his whole foot thing, him. you know, we saw so many feet during the movie. You're like, or so certain feet scenes, and you're like, all right, that's just his style. Well, we'll get past it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. I actually thought the same thing, and then I was thinking, well, you know, being dirty barefoot back in those days, that was a thing. You know, that was a that's how you knew what a hippie was. You kind of knew a princess was a hippie if they were barefoot and dirty barefoot, you know, walking around. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so overall, you give it a thumbs up. It's good for you. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I will say I was, I, I enjoyed it enough, but really the ending really sold me on it. And I don't want to spoil anything because it's a good movie, but uh, once it ended, like after, after the end ended, I was like, all right, I do like this movie. Because at first I was like, this is fine. I can watch it, and it's cool to see the old Hollywood stuff. But I was like, I don't know if I'd recommend it. But the ending really convinced me. I will tell Definitely you this. I mean, I give it a thumbs up, too. I, I do. I recommend going to go see it. But it sure was good to see Brad Pitt again. It just seems like I hadn't seen him in such a long time. And it was just really good to see him on screen just doing his thing. It was really Yeah, refreshing. I like yeah. Yeah, I enjoy him on screen. Uh, I think, I, I mean, I like him better than Leonardo, uh, which I like Leonardo uh, a lot. But, yeah, he just definitely has that presence, and he can really do any role that you just like, man, I want to hang out with this guy. Um, yeah, exactly. Interestingly enough, this is Leonardo's first movie since The Revenant, I think, four years ago or so. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think as soon as he won that, uh, once he won that Oscar, I think he was like, oh, I don't have to do anything for a while, so. It was, well, uh, well, this, nice this, this is the first here. film that the first film he starred in because he's directed and produced other films. They've been in the in the documentary genre, but he has done other films. He just he yeah, we don't count those ever. actors trying to be directors. <laughs> what do they think? What do they think? Yeah. I'm your lane. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did I see that, um, you know, sorry guys, I wasn't you know in the office last week. But I did see a film that I wanted to talk about last week, but I couldn't be here, so I'm here today. And the film is I Love You Now Die, which is now um, streaming on HBO. It's a HBO documentary, and it's about it's a two-part documentary, and it's about the suicide death of Conrad Roy. Conrad Roy um, was suffering from mental illness, uh, depression mostly, and he wound up committing suicide. Um, and when the detectives did their investigation on his suicide, they got a hold of his phone and they found text messages from Miss Michelle Carter that basically was cheerleading him on to his own death. And they decided to bring charges, the state decided to bring charges against her for involuntary manslaughter. And this documentary follows, you know, what happened to Mr. Conrad Roy and then the case against Michelle Carter. I thought this was riveting because I've never heard anything like this before. I didn't even know that they could bring up charges on that type of thing. But based off of him being mentally ill and so fragile, they were saying that she assisted in his suicide, basically. And definitely, definitely, it's a a must-watch and it's very educational. And this kind of falls into the line of cyberbullying and, you know, how we use, well, some people use technology 
to their advantage and getting what they want out of situations. This whole cyber world and technology thing is still evolving and laws are still being created around this that we take so freely and use every day. Everyone needs to be careful. <laughs> That's all I need to say. Check out this documentary. You'll be educated. Please hit me up on social media and let me know your thoughts on it when you watch it. I'm curious. So definitely check that out. That's a good one. Um, as far as TV is concerned, I absorbed Orange and the New Black in one day. I, I really did. This is the final season. Um, and all I have to say is when the credits rolled at the end, I had tears because it was sentimental. Like, we've been with these ladies for seven years. You know, it came on hot and blazing. It stayed hot and blazing the whole seven years that they were on. Um, this is net, one of Netflix's premiere shows, and it's now saying goodbye. Um, definitely check it out. This season doesn't disappoint. It's not like a Game of Thrones situation. Um, check it out. I won't tell you anybody's storyline or how it ends, but check it out for yourself. I recommend it because I'm a Orange is a New Black fan. Anyone that's been a fan, you'll still be a fan after this season. Um, I'm also watching Divorce on HBO, Euphoria on HBO, Claws on TNT, Queen Sugar on OWN, and Animal Kingdom on TNT. Those are all shows that I highly recommend. Uh, what about you, Adam? Anything on TV? Uh, no, you know, uh, well, John Oliver's back, so he's been on a break for like a month. Um, so it'll be good to catch up on that. I haven't actually seen the episode yet, but I'll probably watch it tonight. Um, besides that, nothing new. You know, uh, I recommended Shit's Creek a little while ago, but I haven't really had time to kind of catch out any new shows. So I, I definitely want to, if any of those shows uh, like Animal Kingdom is on streaming that I have, I'm going to definitely want to check it out. Okay. I've been hearing, I, the first time I've ever heard of uh, the Schitt's Creek um, show was through you, honestly. And since I've heard it through you, I've been hearing a lot of things about it. So I hear there there's this big buzz about an award sweep for them. Like, it's it's really that good. Oh, yeah, the Emmys. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, and it's funny because, so it's, it's a Canadian show. It's produced by a Canadian TV channel. I don't know what... Uh... I don't know how it got picked up here or what network picked it up here, but it's a very interesting. It's very interesting because you don't hear much about Canadian TV programs. But again, it's uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hare, um, and they got a good cast and it's good writing. And each character is pretty individual enough. Um, so yeah, it's pretty enjoyable. And again, for for me, it took about probably about four episodes to actually get into it, which is you know odd for a, a comedy, I guess. But they're only thirty-minute episodes, so after the, after you get through like those few episodes, you'll 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 know if you like it or hate it after episode five. Cool. Uh, anything? Any upcoming films? Well, we have um, the kitchen, and I know Stephen and I talked about it a little bit last week. This is the one. I don't know if you heard about this. The uh, with Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, and t Tiffany Haddish, and it's about these uh, wives that take over their husbands' rackets uh, after they're locked up in prison in 1970s in Hell Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen. Um, mm. That looked pretty interesting. So that that's on the radar. Uh, besides that, you know, there's Angry Birds movie two because why well, hey, why not? I guess. Uh, 
<laughs> and uh, I don't think I'll see that, but <laughs> that is on the radar. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, there's the Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and Furious movie. I keep seeing trailers for it, but nothing's convincing me yet that it's actually worth seeing. It looks very predictable and not in a good way. It just seems kind of like we're seeing kind of the same thing we've seen. So I'll probably so skip on that. I'm I'm at a I'm a little confused about how I feel about that one. So when I'm in the theater and I'm sitting there on the big screen, you went out. Chica, you went out. Uh, sorry, yeah. Can Can you hear me now? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. So the stuff. You went out again. Oh, we lost you again. <laughs> <laughs> right at the important part. All right. Chica. Oh. I think we got you. You hear me? Yeah, we hear you now. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, new phone. I'm sorry. Okay. Come towards the light, yeah. Did we lose him again? <laughs> I, think so. I think he's like, and the most important lesson right. in life you need right. to learn is. <laughs> and it goes out. Right. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is important. Oh, man. Well, well, I'll, well, I'll put some words in his mouth. He says, when I watch this movie in the theater, I think it looks like it's going to be a really bad movie that I'll never want to watch. Right. Please skip it if you can. <laughs> I don't know if that's what he's saying. Yeah, uh, kind of. We heard you a second there. Well, we can discuss next week. <laughs> we can discuss yeah, next yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but thanks again. Me? You keep going in and out, but... Thanks again for letting us know what to spend our money on, what not to. Hope you have a great Monday, and Chike, hold that thought for next week. (laughs) Y'all have a good one. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Right back after this. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Tyler Dumont. You're listening to my new single, Don't Mean It, on the Stephen Knight Show. Begging, begging me please now I 
I'm doing me now. I'm doing me now. You're cutting me deep. Starting to bleed now. I'm feeling weak now. We argue for weeks now. And I just had a long ass day. So please get the fuck on my face. Not trying to go back and forth with you. Please take the door with you. I'm trying to get in my pace. Oh. Well, hold up. Wait a minute. I ain't shit. Well, you ain't even. Pack your bags, fuck out of here You've been evicted, get out of here You press my buttons now I'm talking shit I'll shut my phone up and Hit the club with my friends I say what I say but you know I don't mean it And you say some things that I know you don't mean I say what I say but you know I don't mean it You say some things that I know you don't mean Every breath is getting longer 
feel my heart sinking to the ground And every weakness is getting stronger And as I'm falling I can feel you lift me up underneath your wings And it's every touch how you take my love and bring it back to life You bring it back to life Fire burn underneath my skin And it's every touch How you take my love and bring it back to life You bring it back to life And as I'm falling down I feel you lift me up Underneath your wings And it's every touch How you take my love and bring it back to life You bring it back to life I feel your fire burn underneath my skin and it's every touch how you take my love and bring it back to life you bring it back to Hey, this is your girl Melody Holt from Love and Marriage Huntsville, and you are listening to the Stephen Knight Show. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for Tyler Jamal for joining us tonight. Her single "Don't Mean It" is out now. Go get it right now. Have a great week, and we'll talk again next Monday. Good night. Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com. Total Wine and More now offers curbside pickup and same-day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com.